0: Last couple of weeks we've been in the sermon series Go, uh, we, we, we finished up Level Up, which is where we learned about the marks of discipleship that we're calling power-ups, and I hope you got a power-up card, you're welcome to keep that with you, I keep mine in my wallet and it comes up every time I need to pay something, or, or I went into the, uh, uh, the pharmacy uh, just this last week and pulled out my, my insurance card and there was my power-up card, and it gave me an opportunity to, to talk a little bit about it. Uh, but the last couple of weeks, we've been focusing on go, and go has to do with just like a race. You heard about, uh, two weeks ago from Pastor Mark about getting ready. Getting ready is, is about renewing, renewing your faith, uh, it's very easy for us to get busy with the things of life and, and set our faith aside <clears throat> or, or have it be the periphery or the wallpaper in our lives rather than being renewed and, and built up and, and, and lifted up through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, renewing your faith is not a future thing or a past thing. It's always a present thing. Uh, last week, Pastor Becky talked about get set, and getting set is like what a race, uh, um, someone who's running a foot race will do. A sprinter, they'll get their body all tense like they're about ready just to explode off of, those, off of those starting blocks. Getting set is repentance. It's literally stopping and turning back to God, and this is something that we need to do every day, if not once a week when we come to church. Uh, repentance is, is about turning away from those things that would take us away from God, that would take us away from faith in Jesus, and turning back to Him and following Him. Well, all this leads us to go. And notice the go has an exclamation point on it. So it's, it's, it's a go with urgency. It's not just like, oh, let's, you know, we can go, we can stay, whatever. But it's urgent, it's about movement, it's about uh, explosion. It's about uh, uh, something new is happening, and it's, and it's fast and powerful. That's the gospel, friends. Uh, and so today, we're going to hear about what is commonly known as the Great Commission. Uh, the verses that Pastor Becky read... Matthew 28, 16 through 20 is known throughout church history as the Great Commission. If you open up your Bible and look at those verses, it might say that. Uh, That's not written in the scriptures. That's written by an editor to give a sense of what the scripture is about. But it's interesting. Maybe you know this. Maybe you don't. But today is known liturgically as Christ the King Sunday. And so it's Christ the King Sunday, which means I get to say to all of you today, Happy New Year. Because Christ the King Sunday is the last Sunday in the liturgical year, the Christian calendar. Next week, we begin Advent, and with Advent, it's anticipation for Christmas, right? Everybody knows Christmas. But today, we are talking about the Great Commission to advance God's kingdom. Did you know that that's what atonement is all about? If you look over to your right... Near the clock, you'll see a banner up there. If you look over to your left toward the door, every time you leave here, you're given one more reminder when you leave this worship space that we're about advancing God's kingdom. It's not we will advance God's, God's kingdom or we have advanced God's kingdom. It's always present, advancing right now in the moment. That's what the Great Commission is about. Commission. It's kind of a churchy word. Uh, Maybe you have your own understanding of it, but I looked it up. It means an act of entrusting or giving authority. This is for you. And the verses that that we heard today have your name on them. Did you catch it? Did you hear when your name was read? It's about you. It's your commission. You have been entrusted and given authority. Now, To be entrusted with something is great, but who is the one giving you this authority? That's what we're going to hear about today. You have authority to speak and to do that is advancing God's kingdom. You don't need to go to seminary. You don't need to go uh, become a theologian. You don't need to become a missionary and go overseas. This is your ministry, your mission, right now, right here in this place, in the Fargo-Moorhead area, and nor- to North Dakota and Minnesota, and then to the ends of the earth. I want to talk to you about this word commission, because in the Latin, it means, it's, it's pronounced commentary, I think, although if you speak Latin, you can surely correct me, but what that literally means is, com means together, so it's not about you, 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 it's about us. Do you know who us is? You are us. the The best word for us comes from the South, because it means you, but it means us at the same time. I learned this when I lived in the South. The word is y'all. It's really it's 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 twice as fast as saying you all the way we do in the Midwest or you guys y'all. It's fifty percent faster. It's much more efficient. That's this word. Together. What do we do together? We let go, we send, or we throw. It's about giving as we go together in this commission our time, our talents, and our treasure. In fact, everything you do after you say, I believe in Jesus, is commitment. Because that's actually what the word commission is. Maybe you know this word better, commitment. So I want you to think about what are you committed to? What are the things on your li- in your life, what are the relationships in your life that you have a commitment with and how do you know that you are committed to that relationship or to that cause? Well, I will tell you I'm committed to my wife. How do I know? The day we were married, I told her I love her and if it ever changes, I'll let her know. But we also have a marriage license where I signed my name to my commitment to her. But it's not just once upon a time I was married, but it's an everyday commitment that is renewed by my choosing. A commitment is something you choose to be invested in. Every day I choose, and my wife does this for me, to make her needs and wants just a little bit more, not all the time, but most of the time, just a little bit more important than my own. That's how I know I'm committed to her. I've told her I love her. There are times we don't like each other, but we're committed to loving each other, to bearing one another's burdens, and putting each other's needs just a little bit more above our own. I'm committed to my children And I'm committed to putting their needs and wants just a little bit above my own. And I know that I'm committed to them because all I have to do is look at my checkbook. (laughs) But it's the same with you too. You want to know what you're committed to? You want to know that you're committed? Look at your checkbook. What are you investing your hard-earned dollars in? Whatever that may be, that's what you're committed to. Because you're putting your time, your talents, and your treasure into that. Well, who's committed to you? I want you to think about that too. And how do you know that they're committed to you? Now this is the great commission. This is the great commitment that you have been entrusted with. Jesus says, all authority... How much authority does Jesus have? How much authority does he have? Is it a little bit of authority? Is it some authority? Is it authority in your life on Sundays? How much authority does he have? All. Do you know how much all is? All. (laughs) It's as simple as it gets. All. Everything. All of it. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. When the disciples heard this, when Jesus speaks this to them, and it's not just the 12, it's disciples, it's believers, it's uh, 500 that we hear Paul talks about in his letters that hear Jesus say this. That would have reminded them of something that they said every day, multiple times a day. There is a phrase in Hebrew which is said, before every liturgical prayer in the Jewish prayer life. Their prayer books begin this way. Baruch, Atah, Adonai, Eloheinu, Melech, HaOlam. We're going to say that together. Join me. Baruch, ata Adonai, Eloheinu, Melech, HaOlam. Again, Baruch, Atah, Adonai, Eloheinu, Melech, Ha. Olam, one more time, Baruch, Atah, Adonai, Eloheinu, Melech, Ha, Olam, now just the kids. <laughs> this, is, this is bedrock. Uh, this, is, this is central to the prayer life of those who uh, grew up in a Jewish household. And when you speak something, again and again, how you pray is how you believe and it becomes how you behave. You become committed to it. What were you saying? You were saying this, blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. Now, what's interesting is, remember, Jesus says all authority, his disciples who knew this prayer and knew what it meant, they said it multiple times a day, would have heard Jesus saying this. And they would have believed it and confessed it. Jesus is the Lord our God. Who is Jesus? He is King of the universe, He is King of the All. All authority is His. All of it. Whose kingdom are we called to expand? Whose kingdom are we advancing? Jesus' kingdom. It's the all kingdom. It's the only kingdom that matters because he's the only king that matters. He's not a worldly king. And you might think we live in the United States, we don't have kings. In a a democratic republic, every man and woman is a king and queen in their own household. But we're flawed we're broken, we're sinners, we're perishable. There's no earthly kingdom that comes close to this because Jesus is the king of the universe. And when he started his ministry, he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The perfect kingdom, the perfect place in which to live and, jo- and have joy and, and, and love and know God and know your neighbor and love God and love your neighbor. This is what we confess when we say Jesus is Lord. We're saying Jesus is the Lord our God, King of the universe. This is the one who entrusts to you the authority of the commission or the commitment It begins with him, and it stands with him. Now, what is this commitment? What is he telling us to do? I told you the text is called go, but go is not the imperative verb in this sentence. There's one imperative verb or primary verb that all of the other verbs serve. A better way to translate this is, as you are going... This is not a, we're starting today. You've been going on the journey. It started the moment you were baptized. And most of us were baptized as babies. So your entire life long, you've been in the going, but you've had this commission, this commitment from Jesus, which is to make disciples. This is the key verb. In the Greek, it doesn't even say it. It just says, go and disciple. And it turns disciple into a verb. As you are going, disciple. What does it mean? A disciple is a follower. And in Jesus' time, a rabbi would have followers that would seek to be like him. When we follow Jesus, we seek to be like Jesus. But being entrusted with the commission, with the commitment to advance God's kingdom, I'm not making little versions of me. You are not my disciples, even though you've called me to be one of your pastors. You and I are in the same business of making disciples For Jesus. We're pointing away from ourselves toward Jesus. That's what our mission, our ministry, our vision, the commitment that we have here at Atonement is to point away from ourselves to Jesus in all that we say and in all that we do. Now we have a zillion and one strategies, there's a lot going on here in order to carry out this commitment. But it's not about building up atonement, it's about pointing to Jesus, and as we point to Jesus, the family that we call atonement becomes bigger, because that's what Jesus entrusts us to do, to share Jesus and become bigger so that the kingdom would be bigger, so that we can advance the kingdom. Now, how do we do this? In our going, we are baptizing. Baptism is not a little thing, friends. This is, in many ways, everything, because it's God's first and final promise concerning a sinner who's lost. It's claiming them as one of God's own. It's more than a personal decision or a feeling. Because I can say that I believe in Jesus today, and then on Monday... I don't believe it anymore. I've turned away from Jesus in some way, shape, or form. I'm a sinner, and I don't think like how I think a Christian should think, and there's times I don't feel like how I feel a Christian should feel. But baptism is God's first and final promise that comes outside of yourself on which you can rely on Jesus. It creates what God requires, faith in Jesus Christ. And this is how it works. The devil throws your sins in your face did you really believe in Jesus? Did you really accept him as your Lord and Savior? What would Jesus do in this situation? I don't think Jesus would would forgive a sinner like you. I don't think God loves a sinner like you. When the devil throws your sin in your face, you throw your baptism in his face. Because even before you knew who God was, I imagine most of us were baptized as babies, right? Many of you were baptized later. If you've not been baptized, let us know. We will get you dunked ASAP. Because you need a promise outside of yourself that your faith can rest on. More so than your own thoughts or your own feelings. Your own decisions or your own happy, happy, joy, joy feelings for being a Christian. When the devil throws your sin in your face, you can say, yeah, but I am baptized in Jesus Christ. I am baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you're baptized... God's name was placed upon you with all the benefits that it endure, endears. The sign of the cross was placed upon you and you were promised that you were marked with the cross of Christ and sealed with the Holy Spirit now and forever. And for God to say is to do. When God speaks a word, that's what happens. Because Jesus is king of the universe, that means that he has the juice, the mojo, the power to carry out every promise that he's made concerning you. Every single promise in the scriptures is yours on account of Jesus Christ. And he is the only one who has the juice to make it happen. To set a sinner like you free from sin, death, and the devil, so that you may receive eternal life. And so what do you receive? You receive the name. When God looks at you, God does not see a sinner. He sees his beloved son in whom you've been baptized. You've been clothed in Christ. And so when God looks at you, he says, my beloved in whom I am well pleased. The baptism gives you the first thing. It makes God your heavenly father. Closer to you than even a loving parent. I know who my father is because I know his name. He's mine. I've named him such because he's shown himself to be my father. That's what your baptism does for you. It makes the all-powerful, all-knowing God Almighty, El Shaddai, Elohim Adonai, your loving parent. And it also makes you part of the inheritance, adopted child of God. God is not far off from you. He's as close to you and loves you even more than your own loving family does. So that's the first thing you get. You get the benefit of being a child of God in your baptism. You get another promise. You get the benefit of the Son. This is known as the happy exchange. Jesus takes all that you are and gives you all that He is, He takes your sin. It doesn't belong to you anymore. He takes it. He becomes your sin. He becomes sin itself and crucifies it on the cross to put it to death so that he can put in its place his righteousness because you are named with his name. He takes your death, even before it's happened, and gives you his eternal life so that Someday this old bag of bones will turn to dust, but I will live because I'm clothed in Christ. I'm hidden in Christ. He is my life now. He is your life now. And he takes the rulership of the devil over your life and places himself as your king and lord, the God, uh, the king of the universe, the Lord your God. That's who Jesus becomes. And now you start to become, in this walk of faith, in this commitment, more and more like the image of Jesus. You become more compassionate. You become more merciful. You become more giving. You become more loving. You become more gracious. You become more forgiving. Because the moment Jesus tackles you, you spend the rest of your life getting used to the fact that he's your Lord. And finally, you are named and given the benefits of the Holy Spirit. If you were to put the power of the Holy Spirit on a, like a meter, like I think of the movie Spinal Tap where they had the amp that went up to 11, level one, to know that you have the Holy Spirit in your heart is that you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, because no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And if you believe that Jesus is your Lord, you have the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that Jesus is your Lord? Amen? Amen. If you believe that Jesus is your Lord, that is proof that the Holy Spirit rests in your heart, because no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the power of the Holy Spirit, according to Paul in Corinthians. But if you want to crank it up to 11 and you want to experience the love of God right now in this place, it's like the prayer that we sang earlier. All you have to do, and you can do this whenever you want, is ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, that you would have an experience of his love because he loves you. And this is the the ministry that Jesus gives us. This is the commission that he gives us. Do you know what the, the job of atonement is? Because we're supposed to, in our going, we're to be baptizing and teaching. You want to sum up all of the teaching of Jesus? It's this. Love God, love people. What's atonement all about? Loving God and loving people. Now we do it in a myriad of ways, but if you cut it down, that's why we do what we do. Because we love God, we want to love people by serving them, by caring for them, by building them up. You are loved That is the gospel, folks. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You are loved. And I hope when you come into this space, you shed all of your sins and you cling to the love that you have in God and you ask that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit and know that love. Because this is what we're all about. This is the commission. This is the commitment that you have to love God, to love people. And this is what we do here at this church. Today, you are going to have an opportunity uh, to commit in a physical way, you sign the card. You can bring it forward. If you don't have the card with you, that's okay. But that's what Commitment Sunday is about because when you give, understand that God takes your giving, your time, your talents, and your treasure, and turns it into an instrument of His grace that reaches and liberates the lost, the lonely, the poor. The sick, the downtrodden. When you give to atonement, to the general fund, with your commitment, it's not about keeping the lights on for our sake. It's not because, uh, so you have a nice place to come every once in a while. You are giving for the sake of the gospel, and you're giving your dollars, your time, your gifts. God is using as an instrument of grace that changes the lives of the people around you. That proclaims the good news of Jesus Christ that advances God's kingdom. When you give, think of that. You are carrying out the great commission. Now finally, I want you to think about who is committed to you. What does Jesus say? Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Did you catch it? Your name is on it. Now, Jesus says a great word here. And like I said, I like the South. I learned this in the South. The word here for you is actually y'all. So what he's saying is, behold, I am with all y'all always. He's talking about you. He's talking about you individually, but he's talking about us as his family. And this is a promise you can take to the bank because he is king of the universe. He is with you always. Do you know what the disciples would have heard when he said this? Full circle from God's promises to his people Israel. Exodus 3 when Moses is not sure, when he says to God, how can I go and speak to your people? How can I go and tell Pharaoh to let your people go? How can I do this? Who am I? Maybe you're saying that. How can I do this? Who am I? You're doing it already by your investment in the gospel here at Atonement. God's response to Moses was, I will be with you. And he goes on, a verse later he says, I am Who I am. Say this, I am, has sent me to you. Jesus is not being cute with his words when he says, I am with you. He's revealing who he is. Remember, the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, the promise to Mary by the angel Gabriel is that you will give birth and his name shall be Emmanuel, which means. God with us. Who is Jesus? He's Jesus, in the, he, he's God in the flesh. The Hebrews would have understood God as father. They would not have had a problem for that. Uh, the children of God, uh, uh, their father is Israel. And they wouldn't have had a problem with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's spirit. They read about that uh, in, in the scriptures coming to David and Elijah and, and Samuel and the prophets. But Jesus would have been the thing that would have blown their mind. God in the flesh, they could see and know. And so, if you want to get to know God, get to know Jesus. That's how we advance the kingdom, by pointing away from ourselves and pointing to Jesus. And the promise that he is with you always is your commission for the sake of the gospel. It is your commitment. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh, King of kings and Lord of lords. The Lord our God, King of the universe, died for you. Your sins are forgiven in his name. And now you are free. Free to live into the commitment which gives joy and peace and new life and advances God's kingdom every single day. Amen. What we're going to do now as we sing our sending hymn is... If you have your commitment card prepared you're welcome to bring it forward if you don't that's fine too. You can mail it in, you can bring it in during the week, and we'll have the uh, the commitment Uh, basket here next Sunday for the same thing where you can bring it forward. But if you're ready today, if you prayed about it, and God's put this on your heart, feel free to bring forward your commitment card at this time. Um, I will tell you, this isn't for me. This isn't for Pastor Becky. This isn't for Pastor Mark. We take what God has put on your heart that you have uh, committed to, and we use that to put together the budget so that we can use your dollars as an instrument of God's grace to share the gospel in the Fargo-Moorhead area, then to North Dakota and Minnesota, and to the ends of the earth. And so, if you have it today, wonderful. If not, we're going to praise God and give your offering of praise to the Lord uh, and pray to Him and know that there's time to bring in your, your commitment card uh, next week or later this week.